There we go. We're live. Yes, we're live. Good morning. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Hey, y'all. Uh, what was I gonna pull up? Uh, yeah, yeah, y'all. Uh, yeah, yeah, y'all. Uh, yeah, 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 y'all. Okay. What's up, y'all? How's it going? I, I personally am exhausted this morning. I don't know. How are you doing? I'm solid. I couldn't go for a run today because it was raining. So I did a hit workout, and uh -huh. then I did I did my ten minutes of meditation. Right, right, right before coming on here. Started at 7.45, finished at 7.55. Got up, got myself a cup of coffee, sat over here. I'm feeling enlightened. I'm feeling like a six foot seven giant. I'm ready to go. Nice. I am jealous because I woke up at seven and I was so exhausted that I couldn't move. So I decided that instead of doing any legitimate workout, I, 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 I definitely cheated today. I, I failed Tony Robbins. I failed... I failed to 10x my masculinity levels. And a lot of guru slogans coming out of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I failed to make the morning happen for me, and instead it happened to me um, because I was struggling. So I decided that instead of doing a workout, I would take Chewy on a longer walk. So I took a long walk with Chewy, and I listened to Tony Robbins's book, Money Master the Game on the Walk. So you did succeed with Tony. You also forgot Rachel. So you included Grant and Tony, but you forgot Rachel's. So you didn't wake up on the offensive. I didn't wake up on the offensive. I absolutely woke up on the defensive this morning and it wasn't Your non existing good. kids got to you. My yeah, they got to me. I maybe this live stream is my is baby. your child. This live stream woke me up instead uh, of uh, me waking up for the live stream. Yeah, you're waking the up. The live stream to happened to me. Yeah, starting next week, you're just going to roll out of bed. You're just going to live stream like this. <laughs> oh, me. what the fuck you guys want? <laughs> yeah, I was so exhausted this morning. Um, and so I didn't do a good workout, nor did I shower. And that's the thing is I, w I titled this episode Taking Cold Showers with Tony Robbins because I assumed this would be my second day of cold showers. But I didn't shower at all this morning because... All I had time, I just took Chewy on a really long walk. Like we just went on a nice long walk together and Dive we in the snow. there's no more, the snow's been melting. So it's been perfectly safe outside, which is great. And we were listening to Money Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And uh, I don't, I'm only towards the beginning of this book. So I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about it. I have mixed feelings already, but I know we'll probably talk about that book more at the end of the week. My biggest mixed feeling for it is just that it's boring. Like the advice itself isn't horrible advice. It's just boring. This book is pretty boring. Also, Tony, I don't know how long ago this book was written, so I don't want to. I mean, I do want to cancel Tony Robbins. I've been canceling Tony Robbins for a long time, so. Um, he's too tall to cancel. <laughs> he has this quote towards the beginning where he's like, uh, taking financial advice from someone who's never who's never accomplished success is like listening to a psychologist on Prozac. They've that's never a weird analogy. And I was like, um, but that's a, that's a, uh, medically prescribed treatment. Like it, a psychologist would know to take their medication. So why is that? Like they, he was acting as if that's, he said like that. And then he also compared it to like taking fitness advice from someone morbidly obese. He gave a good piece of advice and then ruined it with his analogies. Right. I'm like the analogy. I'm like, I just, all the dude, I think it's a common thing. Business gurus just like to slide in their whole thing about why people shouldn't take their medication all the time. And it's like, a, it's always subtle. The whole, like, I don't believe in taking your psychological medication. Well, it's because they are the drug. Tony Robbins is definitely a drug. So is Grant Cardone. And in a way, Rachel Hollis might be weed. Rachel is weed. Grant is cocaine. And what is Tony? A combination of steroids and ecstasy. I think that's right. I think that's accurate. Also, uh, is it Alina? Elena? Uh, we met a long time ago on Twitter. Yeah, I'm trying to. Yeah, uh, I'll, I think it's Ileana. Ileana oh, yeah. that's a beautiful wants name. to know how we met. Yeah, uh, that's an interest. Uh, I was gonna say it's an interesting story, but I honestly don't remember. <laughs> we, we had a mutual friend, uh, Chelsea, yeah. who runs the small press represent, uh, and I'm happy to see that she's back. 
with yeah, uh, she had taken a hiatus business. with it. But yeah, she and published I'm my book. I'm happy to see yourself. she's engaged and happy. Yeah. So I had met Chelsea on Twitter. I don't remember how I met her on Twitter, just through writer Twitter, I guess. And then did we meet because I reviewed your book. Like, did we meet because yeah, I was reviewing your book for so, Chelsea? Okay, yeah. So she 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 was publishing my book with her the press that she was starting, and then I was asking her to send out arcs to some reviewers she knew, and she's like, "Oh, I know this guy named RK, and he's a really cool author, and he's a really nice person. I'm gonna send it to him." And so then she sent him Sculpt Yourself to review, and then I don't remember we just how we started talking, but I remember. We, we like got to know each other and started talking about like Degrassi for a while. And then what Degrassi did Degrassi bring us together? Cause I feel like that's accurate. I think we started talking, we talked a whole lot about Degrassi and then, um, Oh, cause I saw you had a, you had a YouTube channel and I was trying to start a YouTube channel. And like, we were like, I had a YouTube channel with 40 subscribers because I had made a video about my boobs and you had a, a YouTube channel with 200 subscribers. We were very small. And so I asked you for advice on how you grew your channel so big, because at that time, 200 subscribers was such an insurmountable goal for me. And you told me to do the booktube newbie tag. So I did. And then my channel has grown consistently since then. So I credit you with getting me started on YouTube. I'm glad I could hook you up with your new addiction. Yes, exactly. So I think that's, yeah. So we, we met on writer Twitter and booktube and now we're here. And now we're here. And now that's we're how we here. Met. And that is how I met your mother. <laughs> I love my coffee mug. So Aaron got this really cute collection of coffee mugs and it allows me to drink and people think I'm drinking coffee. Well, my, my cup says it's coffee o'clock. So we both Again, have, we both have just, mugs. No one will ask what you're drinking if you're drinking out of a coffee mug. Yeah. We I've been I've been whitening my teeth the past couple days because uh, they're looking yellow in videos lately, and partially that's because I when I color correct I turn up the saturation, but it's also because uh, I drink too much coffee, so, and people keep making fun of me for it. Just bite them. I'll just bite them. That's just a great bite idea. them. How do you like my yellow teeth now, bitch? <laughs> in your skin. Um. Dude, I sent you, I just saw a Queen of Spade comment about Snake. I sent you, he has a cameo. No Drake, just Snake! No Drake, just Snake! I love this! He, he has a cameo. He's like 40 bucks or something, and you can get him to give you a personalized message, oh, video dude, message. we should do that. We should get him to promote our podcast for $40. You can't, you can't do that. I looked you it can't? up already. You, oh, can't, you can't ask him to promote shit. You can have him do your channel intro, though, if you want. Oh, shit. I'm not, because I already have Holly J from Degrassi in my channel intro you, you what if you just have him say something like well and this is savvy writes books or something like that and you just go <laughs> like I, I don't know your channel intro music i i, I can't repeat it you, you, you yeah yeah i got gotcha, i know I gotcha. it but i don't know it it's like a yeah song. <laughs> um yeah so i'm gonna have uh yeah i'll get i'll get snake to record something for the intro that's such a good idea that would be fun and it would just I'd be, pay 40 bucks for that, absolutely. And you can just, you know, save it. Have him say that he loves you, too, and then you're solid. Like, he's proud of you. Oh, my God, have him give a snake heart to heart. I'm so proud of you. Yeah. You're going to get through high school, you 28-year-old. <laughs> you're going to graduate and be a real Canadian. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah, I'm glad. Okay, Queen of Spain. Yeah, so that's, uh, I, I've always been a fan of, I've, of watching Degrassi. I'm one of those annoying Degrassi purists. You should watch. You should watch it from the beginning because it hits different. That's just the truth. Snake's been there all along, y'all. But I, I like all Degrassi. I think it has an interesting arc. All of it, like with um Snake and uh, oh shit, what's her? I almost said Snake and Serpent. Snake and Emma's mom. Spike. Spike. Dude, Snake and Spike are an iconic <laughs> relationship. I absolutely love Snake and Sp although I am the uh, Joey and Caitlin shipper primarily above all else. Yeah, your biggest Degrassi hate is that Kevin Smith fa wrote fan fiction and got the movie. Okay, so that's the thing is like every once in a while I'm like if I become famous enough, 
can I just write myself into a TV show to fall in love with the hot girl that I was into as a teenager and ruin the canon relationship? She How was old are they going to be now, though? Like, <laughs> well, like, I mean, that's the thing yourself? is, not, not a lot of shows are like, like. He got a really unique opportunity with that being Degrassi, where he could watch it as a teenager and be like, "Man, I'm in love with Caitlyn," and then be an adult and be like, "Wow, she's an adult, and this show's still going on." Yeah, it would be like you writing uh, Degrassi Reunion and you get to hook up with Holly J. Yeah, actually, that's what it would be like. That's exactly what but it would, it would be, like. be It would be worse because it, like, it would be like... Um, We're better if, at analogies than Tony De- Robbins. Oh, we, so, we definitely We're so are. much better. <laughs> if Degrassi had like written a, like a reunion arc where like they started building up over time to Holly J having a, uh, getting back together with Sav or something... Which works because I'm also Sav, so. Oh my god! Oh my god! It would be hilarious. It was like, meant to be. She, she could like talk to her parents and be like, "I'm t- I can't talk right now with Sav. You're getting back together with him." There could be there could be such a good miscommunication trope in that episode. There is a um. There is a clip I wanted to put in my intro, but it wasn't. It didn't really fit right. Where Holly J has a a notebook and she's like has the pros and cons of staying with Sav. And the pros were like, such a wonderful person. The top was like, Sav. And it was like, such a wonderful person. But then the cons were like, I'm not feeling it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I want that to be my channel intro. Like, savvy, wonderful person, super attractive. But I'm not feeling it. (laughs) Dude, it's so bizarre that Degrassi fell into the, the awful trope of male teacher with female student bad male student with female teacher good oh my god i'm so oh, male, I'm male teacher still, with male student bad dude i'm still yeah. i'm still mad about like and anyone who try guys D- degrassi spoiler i guess in season what is it 13? from 10 for 12 years ago like or 11 or, or nine and no it might have been 10 it might have been, might have been 2011 yeah this was like around 2011 the character sav gets with his teacher and it's treated as okay because he's 18 because he's 18, but like, yeah. and his teacher is 23, I think. I, I forgot like, what it was, but they, they that's did That's not everything. okay, she's his teacher. They did everything in their power to make it okay. You just make it be like, she's the hot teacher. She's like, I'll wait for you. Or like, you know, come back to me next like, year. I like, I was so me? mad about that. It's the whole like, well, I guess to be fair, when Paige got with her teacher, it was shown as okay. It's honestly, if the teacher's hot, they they make it okay in the show, which is- Was it okay? I thought he got gross. fired. And he the, did, also, didn't he, he accuse got, her of stalking? Yeah, but he, the, it was a bad situation, but the, it, he he did get fired, but the show treated it as like as if it was sad that he got fired. Yeah, he didn't get arrested for it. it, it, it right. It, it was it was morally wrong at the school and he got it's fired. The same thing with like Sav and Miss O, where like Miss O was she like Snake was going to have her get in trouble for that, but then they like they like covered it up somehow and that was treated it was like it was it was treated the same way that Pages was treated, where like the authorities know that this is wrong. However, the episode thinks it might be okay. And it was like, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Okay, I have a question. Because I, I know we're talking about power of balance for fan fiction purposes. What do you think of college professors? The college professor AU? The college professor. I just don't really read alternate universes in fan fiction in general because I feel like if I wanted to read in an alternate universe... I would just read a different book or something, you know, because it's like the purpose of fan fiction in my, well, this is, this is just so everyone knows fan fiction is for fun. And if you write fan fiction in alternate universes, I still love you. And I still think you're great. I just don't really like to read it at all because it's like, if I'm reading fan fiction, it's because I want more of a story or uh, something that I already really like. So if it's like an alternate universe, I write, I feel like they like, why aren't you just writing that as a, as a separate book and selling it? And just having the characters have similar qualities to characters you like, you know? I feel like my crush to teacher ratio diminished as I got older. Like, I remember my first teacher crush was, like, third grade. Oh, and, then I had, and then I had a teacher crush in fourth grade. And, like, she was also my teacher in eighth grade. So, you know, the crush was still there. And then once I got to high school, it greatly diminished. There was, like, one crush-worthy teacher. And then when I got to college, it's like, oh, none of you are, like, what the internet says college professors are like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I never really got the teacher crush thing. I think it's because I don't, I'm not attracted to people who have power over me in any way. I find that, like, that immediately kills anything. Mm -hmm. I like to, I like to, 
I don't know. I don't like it. Wait, I forgot the best one too. And then grad school. They were all super old and <laughs> super out of it. <laughs> God, no, no. Grad actually, it's funny. Grad school, I was fr I'm friends with this one girl who was obsessively crushing on every single doctorate student that taught our classes <laughs> when the adorable. professor was too busy. In my opinion, I think they were napping, but like they were researching. <laughs> Uh, but no, it's, it's yeah, I, I think that's real. I, I wonder if anyone else had the experience if, if like your crush age ratio, like if you, if your crushes on teachers diminished as you got older, cause maybe, maybe it is what you're saying. Maybe it was like not enjoying the, cause like when you're in third grade, you don't see it as a bizarre power. You're just like, oh, she's a pretty teacher and she's so nice to me and I like her and she gives me juice. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not even sexual. You're just like, oh, I love her. Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. I've just... I don't know. I'm just like, maybe it's because I'm such a bossy person. Someone else having any um, authority over me immediately turns me off in any way. I guess so some people are into that, but I'm not. That's why you're going after like the Tony Robbins of the world now. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Tony, stop having power over people. It's it's disgusting. It's just, it's not, stop making them orgasm on stage, dude. Just stop it. <laughs> Mushroom Destroyer never registered the teacher crush thing. Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, and that's that's the thing where, like, I don't have to get it. Like, everyone should do what makes them happy, but also don't date your teacher. It's, like, cute if it's, like, a thing where you're, like, oh, my teacher's cute from a distance, but, like, don't date your teacher. And if you do date your teacher, <laughs> nice re <laughs> report them to the authorities. <laughs> That, that that should be the new title of the stream. Don't date your teacher. Don't date your teacher. <laughs> oh, man. Unless they're a TA in grad school, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's there's different situations where, like, if everyone involved is an adult and you're in a, a like state... well into their adulthood, Well, too. if you're, everyone involved is an adult in, like, their 20s and everyone is at a stage in education where everything you're doing at that point is com like completely I get that in the voluntary is not the right word but you know going to like high school is not voluntary and things like that you have to go to high school you have to have teachers uh if you're if you're getting your doctorate I feel like it might be different although I don't know I've never gotten a doctorate yeah, well, I mean, like, the TA was getting his doctorate. We were only getting our master's. And um, they were both sucking up to the same teacher because the TA, that professor, mm -hmm. was looking over his research. And then the student just wanted the teacher to like her. So they could have, like, built a relationship on sucking up to the same teacher. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a beautiful common ground. Yeah. But definitely Degrassi had the problem where if the teacher was hot, the show treated it like it was okay. We don't talk about pretty privilege enough on here, do we? We don't. Actually, I'm I'm addressing it in the bonus video I'm putting out tomorrow. I'm addressing it a little bit. Um, not that not that strongly though. But that is such a thing, right? Um, what do you guys think in the comments? Do you think that there is a social privilege that comes with being conventionally attractive? And let's apply it to all of these gurus. I mean, I think all of Tony them is ugly, but. <laughs> You can at least see why people would call him attractive. Not really, but maybe oh. I really can't. But I, someone could maybe describe it to me. Well, I, I, I just think I mean he he's you can see how he's hyper masculine, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because he's always like lifting weights and yelling at women. And he's masculine in all the worst ways. But but I'm saying you can see how he's hyper masculine, and then you can see yeah. how some people might be attracted to that in some way. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I'm just not attracted to hyper masculinity. Which is totally fair. I'm not saying you should. Maybe that's not true because I married a guy with a big, thick beard. I like facial hair, though. I, I, I was going to say, I, I mean, face, facial hair is a, a part of it, but I don't think it's all of it. That's true. Know. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like, like Grant Cardone is, I feel like he's objectively not attractive. 
and, and I, that's fair. Am I missing that. something? I guess he's got broad shoulders. That might be something that women like. I don't know. He's, he's, he's tall. I think he has a well-structured face, and I think he's very muscular. Um, well, which are, he's tall. Grant Cardone is short. He's like Grant Cardone's in fantastic shape too. And I mean, he's he's sixty-two, and he doesn't look it. And then Rachel Hollis is obviously beautiful. I think they all benefit yeah. from being conventionally attractive in some way. Yeah, I think, they or at least not ugly. Do. I think. Well, I know that Rachel Hollis was a lot more average looking before she got famous, which I actually think personally, I, I liked her style better when she was more average looking, but that's because I don't find the normal things attractive, I guess. But I see how she's more conventionally beautiful now. She's got like the eyelash extensions and the fancy clothes and stuff. But yeah, I definitely think there is some... I guess that's the hard thing about what is conventionally attractive. It's hard to define because there's no clear, like, there's no clear cut and dry response or, like, way to look at it, you know? Yeah. Like, is it, like, facial symmetry? What is it that, that people consider conventionally attractive? I don't really know. I also think men do benefit a little bit, too, because the whole silver, the whole silver fox, uh, hmm. I don't, it's not kink. What, what would I say? Uh, preference? Like, that, that, that's definitely real yeah 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 like what like silver silver fox has its whole whole niche on the internet of people that are only interested in men over the age of 40 with a touch of gray in their hair <laughs> that's ridiculous i mean i believe they, they literally sell masculine <laughs> products like masculine hair products called touch of gray for men who want to have oh like God. that touch of gray <laughs> that's um, wild and as for rachel being like average i mean all i gotta say there are a few things hotter than an average looking celebrity because then you're attracted to the attention and the attainability exactly and i think she yeah i think maybe she does that on purpose because she's trying so hard to be relatable so she wants to look like a celebrity but not too much like a celebrity like i think she puts effort into her appearance but toes the line with like she's not going to go too far to the looking so amazing like a big celebrity end because then then she doesn't look like like regular enough to be your friend anymore. Yeah, I know David Foster Wallace had a lot of like serious issues and that includes his books which I personally find kind of boring and a little pretentious. I've I've never been able to get through one. Oh yeah, but I love I love Jason Siegel's portrayal of him in End of the Tour because he makes this one comment about Alanis Morissette where he's like, "You know what it is about her? I love the fact that most of these beautiful girls, you can't imagine them eating a bologna sandwich. But with Alanis, you can. And I have imagined her just going to town on that sandwich. I'm like, you know what? Fake David Foster Wallace played by Jason Siegel. That speaks to me. I get that, yeah. Although David Foster Wallace was a creepy stalker. Yes, I'm not defending yeah. the real one. <laughs> That's the hard thing is like when you're when you're studying writing, everyone's always trying to recommend his books to you. And I'm like... I mean, I'm sure he's a great writer, but I don't want to, I don't want to idolize him because he stalked so many women. And he also like, he also would try to date his students, like when he was a professor. He also like famously plagiarized Pynchon. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Like, I think his senior thesis was almost an exact ripoff of Pynchon. Um, yeah, he, he, he's, he's the frat row of authors. Like, you, you know who has David Foster Wallace on their shelf, unironically. Oh, yeah. I remember I read this article. I don't remember where it was, but I read this article a while ago, and it was like, dear frat boys, stop telling me to read David Foster Wallace. <laughs> it's like when when there's, a, there's frat boys who think that they're very intelligent and want to impress the ladies, but no one falls for it because they're like, oh, it's David Foster Wallace. You think this book is big? Wait till you see my <laughs> IQ. <laughs> Is that yeah. all to your pants or just your pocket David Foster Wallace? <laughs> Dude, I love Alanis Morissette. Oh, so do I saw her live. In you Jan. did? It, yeah, she came to New Orleans. Oh my God, I'm so jealous. Yeah, so was Aaron. It was before she moved here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had an interesting relationship with her music because I used to really hate her music. And so my friend, one of my friends and I, we used to really hate her music, so we would listen to it to make fun of it, and then we ended up really liking it after a while. We just got so into it. Now I love her. 
what are some other things that because that, that's actually a fascinating topic i that, and we're straying so far from tony robbins we haven't right talked now. about tony robbins in a while Ex but except for his horrible analogies which let tony us robbins makes horrible analogies guys uh, what are some things that you started ironically and this includes the chat what are some things that y'all started ironically and ended up really liking because I'm, tr I'm trying to think right now but i because i know there are some things i just can't think of it off the top of my head yeah the main one i can think of is alanis morissette and then I was like, whoa, I actually love her. <laughs> Which is fair. God, I can't think of anything right now, but I know I've fallen victim to this before. Honestly, it might have been Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think Degrassi is part of it because, yeah, well, actually, I went through a, like a, an arc with Degrassi. I started watching it sincerely, you know, when I was actually a teenager and its target audience. And I was into the teen drama stuff for real. And then in college, I went back to like watch it while my friends and I would like get high and watch Degrassi and make fun of how cheesy it was. But then I went to watch it through again, like with Tyler. And we started at the beginning and watched it through. And it was like we were just getting so emotionally invested in everyone. And it's like it's fun to start out and make fun of the bad production quality in the 80s episodes and stuff like that. But I also wouldn't recommend watching the kid. Like I... I tried a little bit to watch the first episode of the kids of Degrassi street, which was from like what? 1976. I think it's, it's so bad. You can't get through it. If anyone needed me to tell you that seventies Canadian public television is low quality, it's not good. What would you rather be forced to watch that or the star Wars Christmas special where you're just stuck listening to Wookiees speak the entire time? Probably the star Wars Christmas special, because I feel like there's so many drinking games you can play to that. When every time they go, I can't even do it because <laughs> you, you die. <laughs> or every time you think you understand what they're saying, take a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Claire uh, likes the grunge look. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good for you, Claire. You go, Claire Coco. <laughs> the hills I think Kurt Cobain is probably probably the best 90s crush you can have. Other did than you, Alanis, <laughs> but did yeah. You see he was trending because they posted like a Kurt Cobain post with um, Owen Wilson on Twitter. I forgot who did it, but that was really? trending. Yeah. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> Is only tolerable with MST3K commentary. I don't know what that is. I don't know. Oh, Queen of Space. You know, I think reality TV is a perfect example of hate watching something and then getting really into it. I went the opposite way with Dr. Phil. I watched, I used to genuinely watch Dr. Phil all the time as a kid. And then I started to hate watch it as I got older. Okay. No, now I remember I watched one season of bachelor in paradise because I watched the first episode. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess now I have to see who ends up with who also bachelor Twitter is hilarious. I never, I, I used to, I used to watch the bachelor with my grandma when I was a kid. My brother oh. and my, I would watch The Bachelor with my grandma and we'd get super invested. And we watched The Bachelorette mostly. But that was, I don't know, more than a decade ago, 15 years ago, maybe. And now it's like, you know, it's just not fun to watch it without my grandma. I don't want to watch The Bachelor by myself or even with friends. I only want to watch it with my grandma. Maybe if my grandma comes to visit, we'll watch The Bachelor. That would be beautiful. I was trying to unmute my microphone and I accidentally clicked an app. So a map opened up and slowed my computer down. Bet Marie says my brother-in-law was on The Bachelorette. That's amazing. What happened? Oh my God. That's the second famous person we know. Keelan Rivers and brother of Bet Marie. Bet Marie's husband or husband of your sister or i don't know brother-in-law can mean so many things in-laws always confuse me yeah i've told someone that i have a sister-in-law and they wanted to know what happened to my marriage it was like nothing it's my it's my brother's wife right yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly which is awesome because she's an accountant so she does my taxes oh that's fantastic that's fantastic yeah. Um, cool. So we're going to have our morning meeting in just a minute here. I sent the link. Um, so this morning, let me pull up the message. 
Who wants to talk tiny ribbons with us today, Savvy? Let's see. Who was a punk that did ballet? <laughs> um, doo -doo -doo. So Kate, Kate is um, one of our viewers who messaged me on Instagram to say that she wanted to join in on um, our stream to talk about how business gurus um, promote a, a culture that is inaccessible to those with chronic pain and fatigue. And I thought that was a really interesting topic. I'm so into it. I also want to know how TikTok ruined accountants, but that's a different conversation. Oh, dude. Also, Avril Lavigne. She, oh, dude. She's so like, crushworthy. Oh, absolutely. Avril Lavigne is the pinnacle of was I in love with her or did I want to be her? And the answer is both. Both. Oh, definitely. He, he wants it to be her and then stand naked in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, what's up? Oh, can't hear. Oh, we're having trouble hearing you. Do you have headphones? Oh, okay. Kate is muted. That will get in the way of conversation, won't it? All right. Um, that's okay. We'll take a minute to get this set up. It's fine. I would have killed to be Avril's friend. Claire, you, you, you want to date Kurt Cobain and be Avril Lavigne's friend? I appreciate your circle. <laughs> okay, so this is Kate with a K, I'm assuming. No, Kate with a C. Oh, that's totally different than the way I spelled it. Yeah, this is Kate with a C. I'm taking notes on all of our meetings so that we can look back on it one day. Mushroom Destroyer is just a lot of psychedelics and CPTSD treatments. Okay, so I think Kate is reconnecting. And, oh, my big thing that I got from Mushroom Destroyer conversation is, should primary care physicians have therapists in their office? That Oh, that's an interesting question. I think, because yeah, I think that would be a great idea. Because they would encourage people to get both their physical and their mental. Once a year. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great idea. I feel like we could have uh, primary care physical doctors and therapists team up and start up practices together. That would be really cool. That would be so cool. That'd be so cool. Um, so I think Kate's having trouble connecting, um, but I'm, I'm excited for her to get back on because she was wanted to talk about... Um, you know, the, the idea that uh, people like Tony Robbins promote everyone can have the same success and it's all hard work, but that it, the, the level of hustle and hard work is inaccessible to people with chronic illnesses. And I wanted to, I thought that was an interesting topic. All right. I wish StreamYard had like a phone number for people to, that they could call into as well. Yeah, me too. Maybe I need to figure out a better way for... Zoom allows that, but then you can't have, like, all this other shit up. Yeah. Let's see. So, it, Kate is not muted right now. Kate, can you hear us? Oh, that's how you spell Kate. I see it in the private chat, finally. Yeah. But she is here. She's here. Can't hear her. Uh-oh. So who wants to speak for Kate, me or you? Okay. Um, let's, oh, she's in the private chat. She Okay. Here, I'll, I'll speak for her. Hi, guys. So my name's Kate, and I'm here to say Tony Robbins sucks the life out of you today. That's, that's true. That's... Tony Robbins is going to suck the life out of all of us. I'm so exhausted. And not just from him. I mean, from all of them. <laughs> So, so, Kate, tell us about yourself. Well. No, I'm not going to do it that. Um, okay. Oh, this is weird. Okay, so, sorry, guys. Uh, RK, just talk about things while I try to figure out the technical issues with Kate. Okay, well, um, 
I want to teach myself graphic design because I have an iPad and Procreate, but I'm just wondering if I have enough time in the day to do it. It would have to be late evenings, but late evenings is currently when I'm editing my book. My latest book is really taking a lot of time because these chapters are so fucking long and it's so annoying to edit long chapters because you just lose so much momentum all the way through. And so I'm trying to cut them up. Last night's chapter was 6,000 words, which is, in my opinion, I, I, I tried to cut it in half. I think I did cut it in half. All right. Um, and it's cool applying what I've read in Essentialism to editing a book because Essentialism really is all about like editing your life down. And I was like, okay, sweet. I can, I can do this now. I'm going to apply the lessons I learned as an author of treating my story through this protagonist as rights and rewrites now to my life because you can rewrite your life. It doesn't mean going back in the past and rewriting your history. It means rewriting what you currently have as your priorities in your life right now and basing all progress in the future on them. So I really like that idea of, of boiling down where you want to take your life to its essentials and then pursuing them and making drastic progress over the course of a year in those directions instead of trying to be good at everything. And that's why I really feel like I don't have the time to do graphic design right now. Other things going on in my life. I'm now halfway done with that Jordan Peterson book and a quarter of the way done with Revolutionary Suicide. That's a very interesting balance going on in my head right now because uh, Huey Newton and Jordan Peterson are talking about drastically different things. One is talking about justice. The other is talking about how I have everything in my life except meaning. So <laughs> it's- do you, oh, do you guys think next week should we live like Jordan Peterson or like Gwyneth Paltrow? Let or, us know in the comments. Or Abraham Lincoln. Or like, well, I think we definitely have to live like Abraham Lincoln at some point because he, apparently he's got a morning routine. He has a whole day Okay, routine. so this is this is Kate here saying, it's not letting me get back into the studio. Oh, no. Oh, no. There's... Kate, just so you know, if you, if for some reason you can't connect today, You'll we'll be bring you on tomorrow. Queue. Yeah, we'll bring, like, because we don't have, like, an advanced schedule for any of this. We'll bring you on tomorrow if you can't get in today and we will, um, I'll see if we can, we can discuss on Instagram later today and discuss what uh, different technical things we might be able to try. Cause I do want to, uh, I do want to have you on at your topic to talk about sounded so interesting. I'm I don't think, I don't think you, me. yeah, Kate says, I'm not, I don't know. think you necessarily did anything wrong. I think sometimes StreamYard can just be frustrating. Uh, my recommendation would be, um, just connect to it wherever you have the best internet connection. If that's on your phone, you can connect through a phone, bra uh, phone browser app, whether whatever internet browser you use. And um, you can like plug headphones into your phone and do it that way, or you can do it on a computer. I'm not really sure what was going on though. Maybe your internet connection was struggling. Oh wait, it, Kate's back. Let's see if she connected. But uh, to the person Hello. who asked, I Oh, oh, hey, Kate, we can hear you. We hear you. Yes, yes, yes. You can hear me. I'm so sorry about that. I don't know no, what I was doing wrong. Oh, StreamYard is a mess <laughs> at the time. Oh, hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Oh, wait, I can't point my camera the right way. <laughs> oh, you're good. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. How are you guys? I've been really enjoying your morning shows. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Someone messaged me where like Troy and Ahmed in the morning from Community, which is fun. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that all the way through, but uh, I've I know that meme. Oh, dude, I love Community. That's oh, such my a boyfriend good sings idea. that all the time when he's doing anything. He's like, John and Katja doing this, doing that. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's cool. Oh well, yeah, I just um, I wanted to say to you guys and your chat and your community, um, how much I appreciate. Uh, what you're doing and your kind of openness and um, willingness to talk about mental health and the reality of uh, life and morning routines and struggle and <laughs> business <laughs> and I feel like you guys give a real honest um, you know like you're you're willing to talk about all sides to it which I appreciate because it makes Thank me feel you. less bad that I'm not perfect because <laughs> you know? I think my issue with the gurus like I was saying to you Savvy is just that um, it feels so beyond unachievable to me. A lot of, um, and not just uh, gurus, but influencers. And um, I don't know, there's just a lot out there that makes you feel like you're underachieving because you're so hyper aware of all these amazing things everyone's doing. So it's nice when people give a few sides to the story. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the reasons I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. We're happy to have you. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, it's 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 good for me because I really don't like Tony Robbins especially because I I believe it's a technique or something, but the way he really puts the blame back on the people and suggests that they're maybe just whining or feeling too sorry for themselves and I kind of hate that because it's taken me a really long time to remove a lot of blame for myself. Like I did that to myself for many years because I felt like I wasn't trying hard enough or being good enough because I didn't understand what was wrong with me. And actually I needed to ask for help and say I wasn't okay. And mm. so I really, I personally like, I hate his kind of, I don't like that idea of that method, but I don't know how other, how other people feel. Yeah, I think that the, a lot of people who have, this is, we were talking about this the other day about survivorship bias, about how a lot of people who have achieved success, they they have this idea that because they were able to overcome all those certain things that everyone else should too. And it gives them this misconception that people who didn't have their level of success were must have not been working hard enough or must have been lazy or must have been making excuses. When in reality, I don't think they realize that most of us are a little self-loathing. A lot of us feel guilty <laughs> about what we can't what we can and can't accomplish all the time. So them telling us to, you know, stop making excuses, uh, start taking responsibility. Like a lot of us are doing that already and it's just not always working out. Like there's everyone has a different set of circumstances and you can motivate people, but I think the blame that it puts on people is definitely unfair. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like reinforcing that kind of uh, inner demon that we all have, that we're already giving ourselves a really hard time. So <laughs> does it really help for someone else to come along and go, no, you're right, you are, you're not doing enough, you'll never, because they're saying like, they're suggesting everyone could be as great as them, but then um, by quite impossible standards for most people. So uh, are they really just telling us that we're pretty worthless? <laughs> I don't know, sometimes that's kind of how it feels. I don't find it that encouraging personally, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if it's actually, um, like if the whole thing is a ruse, like if if they don't, I don't know, guys, this is my conspiracy theory, so don't quote me on this, but sometimes I wonder if the self-help industry is trying to get people to need them more, right? When you talk about like how the diet industry mm -hmm. is specifically created in a way that you have to become reliant on the diet or you gain the weight back and things like that. And I'm wondering if the self-help industry is like that because I mean, I've, I've dealt with a lot of shit in my life, but I've also, I think I'm a pretty confident person at the same time. And the, I've only even been made aware of insecurities that I could be potentially having from reading these books in the first place. Like when Rachel Hollis has talked about, you know, you know, as a woman, aren't you all like women are always feeling like they're not good enough at this and this and this. And I was like, I've never felt that way, though. I only know that this mm -hmm. insecurity exists because you told me about it. And so to an extent, I'm wondering if they're kind of planting those insecurities in our heads so that we'll be, be more reliant on them. I don't know if that's true or if I'm just a confident person and wasn't aware, but I that's something I always wonder, like, is this all a giant ruse to them? I don't know. Well, I think it could be though, you know, because it like they're highlighting all these because they need so much. They need some stuff to talk about as well, anyway. So I guess they almost make up issues or um, like they make up things like rules you have to follow because otherwise, what are they really selling? But then all they're making you feel is like, oh no, I wasn't doing that before. I wasn't, you know, ten xing everything. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, I was barely one timesing. And you know, in my case, that's. I'm like what you guys have been doing this week, I couldn't do at all. <laughs> I'm really impressed with your early starts and your exercising and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's why I'm honest about the fact that I didn't really do it this morning. I woke up <laughs> at seven because I needed to be on the stream at eight, but I was like, I cannot work out this morning. And I didn't want to make myself feel guilty because I was like, like my body is exhausted and like, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be able to make it through if I continue to work out when I'm this exhausted. So I feel like to an extent, but I also now feel a little bit guilty because I'm like, I'm supposed to be living Tony Robbins's life. Would he make excuses? And it's like, oh, he probably does sometimes. He must do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And also like, normally the amount you've done these last few weeks, you'd be crazy proud of yourselves, I guess. But so it's funny that you'd feel guilty about missing one day. <laughs> Just because Tony makes you feel that way. 
Well, when we were living Rachel Hollis week, I would regularly take a nap during the because th- we had to wake up three hours before the stream started, and I, I didn't have any kids to take to school, and it was during that week there were too many snowstorms for me to take Chewie on a long walk, so I would just like fall back asleep for an hour most of those more because I didn't need three hours. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing as well. Like when they're trying to, I don't know if this is true, but it's like they're trying to give you so many things to do, so it's like they can prove they're giving you value but then it's just filling up your time or like giving you unnecessary time in that case I mean and then yeah there's just a guilt if you're not keeping up with them um and yeah the guilt is tricky for me I really feel it a lot anyway just in comparison to like my friends or my boyfriend like never mind like high achieving gurus or I don't know <laughs> influences so I think that's a good point um of them selling motion over action. I don't think it's out. I don't know if they're actively trying to manipulate their viewers, um, but they do want to create an audience that regularly purchases their products. Um, it's a lot cheaper to sell to an existence to an existing customer than it is to find a new customer and break them in. So while I don't necessarily think that they're actively like, how can I manipulate people today? I do think that establishing a codependent relationship is accurate for a profit-based business, which they ultimately are, trying to do. I mean, personally, when I'm, when I break it all down and it, it does go back to something we've talked about with all of the other gurus too, their advice is based in something that's real. Um, they pervert it, they make it their own, they ruin it in a lot of ways. Uh, but, but it is ultimately based in something real. And I think the two things going back to what you said about Tony at the start on how he's always putting the blame on people again, like accepting responsibility no one's going to say accepting responsibility is bad advice saying accepting everything in your life is horrible advice because if you ever over indulge on any activity action or product it's going to ultimately be harmful for you and the takeaways i've been getting from this self-help guru binge has been the two most important development traits that one person can have in their life are also two of the most difficult and they're two things i have really struggled with so feel free to tell me i'm wrong but i think you really need to develop a sense of humility which is difficult because the more you learn the more you either realize how little you know and want to learn more and look down on other people who aren't, which can exacerbate your arrogance and you need a sense of self-awareness. So I, if I could boil down the two primary points I've taken away that have actually been helpful is humility and self-awareness, two things that they ultimately pervert and make their own. Yeah. Cause I don't, you don't hear them use words like that very often. <laughs> no. Cause they can't sell humility. They have to sell the answer. I think you're right. Knowing yourself is so important. And from my point of view with chronic fatigue, it's like actually really important to try and make myself rest. You know, if I get up really early on a day, I get really carried away and excited because I often don't have that much energy, but then I'll run myself down and you have to have the self-awareness to actually say, I'm going to stop being productive (laughs) and take a break. And that can be difficult, but it's not a kind of exciting thing to talk about. Yeah, I think what you mentioned about chronic fatigue is important. It's I think whenever we look at uh, people who are giving self-help advice and trying to apply a one-size-fits-all approach across the board, they often don't even address that these things exist. They often, like, sometimes they'll talk about mental illness, but, like, I think Rachel's the only one who's ever addressed mental illness, and it was in the context of anxiety, but you know, Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins don't acknowledge it exists. They're like, it doesn't, you just need to put your mind over it and stuff like that. And like, and then in terms of like physical illnesses, they just don't even acknowledge that. And I remember when I did the review of the rise conference and I interviewed a couple of people who had been there, both of the women I'd interviewed were not able to do the exercises at the rise conference because there were no modifications. And one of them had just had surgery and was tearing scar tissue and it was like this whole thing where it's like, I think a lot of them don't realize that there are people who have different health circumstances than they do. <laughs> I don't know why that's so yeah. hard to recognize. <laughs> Maybe it's never had a, a inherent health problem privilege or something. I don't know, but there's, <laughs> they just don't, they don't notice it. And that applies to so many people. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy that, yeah. Which ties, yeah, and I. After you, Kate. Sorry. And I was just going to say that another thing is, and I was just going to quickly say another thing is that you know they could cause people to have burnout, and then they might end up with chronic fatigue. I mean, a lot of people get it because they've burned themselves out 
in the first place so I mean that's the other thing that's kind of scary to think about you yeah. know if people are really desperate for help and they're really following these guys's advice to the letter and pushing themselves really hard they could end up um harming themselves in the long run so I love some of these comments I love that share a share is also a lot okay I also need eight to ten hours of sleep I'm glad that's not just me And what Amanda says here, ableism and neurotypicality are a hell of a drug. That's accurate. Absolutely. I think we're, I like that the world is drawing more attention to ableism recently because I think it was a type of prejudice that had gone unchecked for a really long time. Um, and I agree with you, Cher. Uh, it does come down to, again, priorities and self-awareness. Uh, I think that the reason why someone like Grant Cardone can find success is because he can, um, he can give a tangible definition of it with money, which is very easy to follow and very easy to sell. Uh, I think CoffeeZilla and one other uh, scam guy YouTuber uh, bring it up a lot where they say uh, products that will get, get rich quick schemes have existed forever because they're the easiest thing in the world to sell because uh, they all, they target the truly desperate um, who are happily, who will be happy to give away their final, their last $500 uh, at, a, at a chance to get a better life that they don't actually have to, to, to work for. And it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying accusing them of being lazy or anything. I'm just saying like, it's, it's such a seductive sell that people end up not doing research because they want to believe the dream so badly I agree with that entirely. And then going back to what Savvy was saying earlier on survivorship bias with people who achieve success, therefore think that their way is the only right way. It's why I don't call these gurus salesmen. They're marketers. Um, what they do is not going to work for everyone. They have a quantity approach where they're going to try and reach everyone, say that their model works for everyone, bring everyone through their door. And then though they're, they're going to make money off of, they're going to make the most money off of the people who it's working for because they're going to see, see the success they've gotten and they're going to continue investing in them. Uh, and thankfully, they can live on that because they charge such high prices. But it really does just create this funnel. And as long as they keep promising it works for everyone, that funnel is never going to shrink. Yeah, I think that's the upsetting thing as well, like with MLMs too. That's how I found you, Savvy. Because <laughs> um, it's, it's that thing that... They, they catch people when they're most vulnerable and it's when you're most vulnerable and you're struggling and you've tried everything yourself and you can't find a way out that you will grasp at straws and you might believe things that you wouldn't normally believe. I definitely went down that route a bit because I was so desperate and the medical profession couldn't help me and I was too afraid to ask for help from those closest to me. So it's easy to get sucked into all sorts of dodgy <laughs> kind of schemes and stuff because you're desperate. It's when you're at your most desperate, you're actually you're willing to believe. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this conversation has made me not feel guilty about the fact that I'm going to take a nap for two hours after the stream, even though I have, I have a lot of work to do guilty. for an, an article assignment and also uh, just a lot of work to do for my business. But like, if I'm going to be really exhausted the whole time, I'm not going to do as good of a job as I could. So I'm going to take a nap first. That's what I'm going to do after we get off of the stream today. Also, I'd like to point out, as someone mentioned in the comments, Kate is, every once in a while, RK and I come across a person who when they freeze on camera, they still look fantastic. There are some people that are just photogenic even when they're frozen on camera. And... Neither me and RK are not are not those people. Kate is one of those people. We have two other friends no. who we streamed with who are those people too. And well, when we 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 were like, it's just is every once in a while we notice we're like sometimes people can still they stay photogenic even when they're frozen in the middle of saying something, and it's really it's impressive. And I don't know how some people do it, but Kate's one of those people. I, that's amazing because I really don't think I, I'm normally really not photogenic. So I might have got some lucky moments then today. I don't know. I feel like pretty much oh, every time you. you've frozen, you've still looked fantastic. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad about that, to be honest. I'll just be vain about it. So I'm pleased. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kate, thank you so much for coming on our stream this morning. I'm glad we were able to get the technical difficulties worked out and that we were able to hear you because I was glad to hear your perspective on all of this. Yeah, thank you for having me. I, I didn't have a huge amount to say, but just to um, 
it, it, I just wanted to join in the conversation, having been following you these last few mornings and following the chat and stuff. It's it's nice to be a part of it. So thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on and talking about it. Uh, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. You too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Bye. Um, so, yeah, Kate, thank you so much for being um for being on the chat with us and yes i want to point out it was queen of spade who mentioned that kate looks fantastic even when she's frozen yes we have two other friends that we pointed this out with too and everyone's a, and just so everyone knows if you're not a person who looks fantastic when your camera freezes it's not anything against you it has nothing to do with like you don't look good regularly some people just like my face freezes in awkward positions. Some people just like have that luck. I don't know what it is, but I, we always point it out when it happens. Um, since I, RK seems to have disappeared for a second, I'm going to give Cher a shout out real quick. You guys remember Cher, this Cher right here that I'm that's in our chat right now. She um, came on our stream last week to talk to us about how to use essential oils safely and not use them from MLMs. She sent me the nicest thing in the mail, which is she made me a little painting of Chewy. Look at this. How cute is that, guys? Shout out to Cher, who made me this little painting of Chewy. He's uh, She used the Smile Chewy book cover as the, um, the model for it. And I just, I love it. I love how happy his little face looks. I love his little wagging tail. Cher, thank you so much for this. I really appreciate that. That's going to go up on the bulletin. Actually, I'm going to put it on the bulletin board right now. So on the bulletin can, board. It's going on the bulletin board so that I can see it every day and be super excited. Yep, it's up there now. Oh, you know what? I, of course, you jostled the webcam in the process. I'm taking off my friendship bracelet and I'm putting it in the dirt. I'm putting <laughs> it in the dirt. <laughs> so, yes, share. Thank you. Um, Queen of Spades says you want to make me some fan. Yeah, guys, fan art is actually my favorite thing in the world. Like, I get so excited for it. It's my favorite thing ever. So, um, and I have not gotten that much fan art. In fact, the majority of fan art I've gotten has been of Chewy, which makes sense because he's so he's fucking cute. cute. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah, if anyone makes me fan art, I will absolutely show it everywhere. I love, I love it. You heard it here first, guys. Send Savvy all of the art. Send me art. Yeah, I love art. Can well, you, Eva well, wants well. to know if she can paint my face. Whether I mean, if like if we were in person, I'd let you paint directly on it. Yes, but since we're socially distanced right now, the if you I, want to I'm, paint a picture of my face, <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> I'm going to go full third grade teacher and ask, I don't know, can you? <laughs> Wasn't that the most annoying thing in the world? That was so Can nice. I go to the bathroom? I don't know, can you? Of course I can, but my bladder's about to explode. Right? I never I never got that because I was even a grammar nerd back in the day. And, and, you know, now I do editing and stuff. And even I am like, the can versus may thing is stupid. Like, it's one of those things where people are like, are you doing good? No, you're doing well. Like, no one cares. Language evolves based on how people use it. So if you say, can I go to the bathroom? Then you were, the, the, you, the kid is clearly asking permission. Also, though, the idea that any human has to ask permission to go to the bathroom or to go to the water fountain or whatever is ridiculous. It's like, can I fulfill this biological need that my body has that I would die if I did not fulfill? And then as an authority figure, a teacher can tell you no. Like, that's ridiculous. There are three things I remember from school. May I go to the bathroom? Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. And the transitive property. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if, that's high school. If and A equals school, B and B equals school. C, then A equals C. Oh, yeah. C. <laughs> and uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. I'll always remember that, too. Thank you for that. <laughs> the Pythagorean theorem? Everyone remembers that, I'm sure. Yeah, I, uh, what Amanda's saying is the history of English language class in college changed her perspective. Yeah, I think that I took a stylistics class and from it just learning about the roots of language and the history of it, the original idea behind like having certain things that were correct and incorrect was completely like based in classism. It was the idea that the nobility, speaking properly was whatever the nobility did and whatever the peasants did was speaking less properly. And at the end of the day, language is a tool of communication. And we see that a lot with the word, the word ain't, 
that used to be the grammatically correct way to say am not because there's no way to say am not right now. If you said like, I am not, there's no way to make that a conjunction. But the grammatically correct way was ain't, but the, because all the peasants were using it, the nobility decided that it was it was uh, improper. And then that just kind of translated. And that's like, that's ridiculous. Silly that's peasants. Ridiculous. Tricks are for kids. <laughs> Anyway, I know RK's got a meeting coming up in a minute, so... Yeah, I went off camera because uh, it's on Zoom. So, like, um, oh, there I go. All right, y'all. So, we are going to wrap up this stream. But we will see you guys tomorrow at the same time, same place. Scarlet says in Scotland, we say amant. Really? That's amazing. I also love Scottish accents, so I am trying to imagine in a Scottish accent. Anyway, we will be back here tomorrow, same time, same place. Uh, see you then. In the meantime, don't forget to support small businesses. Thank you so much for tuning into the morning stream. We'll see if Tony Robbins murders me tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Bye, friends.